0: Hey, and welcome to all of you who are joining us right now at Blackhawk Church. Hey, families, uh, if you have kids who are in the room right now, they are more than welcome to stay with us, but we also have incredible stuff at Blackhawk Kids Online. If you wanna get them set up with things so that you can kind of fully interact into this message, you are more than welcome to do that right now. Uh, Something else that's going to take place during this service. In just a minute, we are actually going to have uh, Life 102.5, the radio station, begin to air part of our service. And uh, we're going to be going to them in just a minute. But before we do that, I wanted to take a minute just to talk to people who consider Blackhawk Church uh, their home. And so if this is your church home, I want to talk to you for a minute. Now, I I know that there are all kinds of people joining us right now who are uh, visiting. Just for today, you've tuned in. Welcome. So glad that you're here. You kind of get to be just sort of a fly on the wall for this moment. But for those of you who do consider Blackhawk home, uh, I just wanted as, as one of your pastors to be able to come up here and say, thank you. Way to go. Like, we, we started this whole thing of beginning church during this COVID-19 season, like, in the last four weeks. And during this time, you guys have just stepped up and crushed it in so many ways. Like, the things, the stories that we're hearing of the way that people within our church are connecting with each other, encouraging each other, meeting with each other, is just amazing. So many of you have continued to give to our church financially. And uh, man, that is so incredible that you continue to do that. There there are many of you who used to give when we would gather in in rooms like this and we had the, the boxes in the back that you could put money into. And now you've gone to our website and you have clicked the button online to give online and figured out how to do that electronically. Thank you so much for being willing to do that. It's a way for our church to continue to be strong in these days that we can continue to be the body of Jesus and make a difference in the world and in this city that we have the chance to be a part of. And then we also on that page have seen so many people who have clicked on the other button on our homepage that says impact. I mean, literally hundreds and hundreds of you have clicked on that button to figure out ways that you can serve in the city, serve in the community with all of our different partners and ministries and nonprofit organizations that are listed there that many of you have given generously to those places as well and found out ways to be able to sacrifice and serve. And then on top of that, we just keep hearing great stories of ways that people are taking care of one another, ways that you're doing that for people in the church, ways that you are doing that for people in your neighborhoods, coming alongside people who are hurting and struggling in this time, uh, meeting the needs of those who are at high risk right now by grocery shopping for them and doing things. I just keep hearing these stories, and I'm just so grateful to be a part of a church, that works as the church, the body of Christ that shines brightly in a time where people would say life feels dark. So I just wanted to take that moment to say thank you, way to go, let's continue to lock arms together and to be the church to this city that we have the opportunity to live in. Let's be people who reflect who Jesus is as we continue to move forward in these times. All right. Well, welcome to everyone who is joining us right now. My name is Matt Metzger, and I'm one of the pastors on staff at Blackhawk Church and a part of the teaching team. And I wanna give a special welcome right now to our friends at Life 102.5 who are actually airing part of this service right now. We got a call earlier this week from our friends over there. We love the people at Life 102.5. And they asked us if, if we would be interested in partnering with them by allowing them to play part Part of our service on the air and we thought it was a fantastic idea so if you were listening while you're driving in your car right now or doing something at home we're glad that you can take time to join us. And then welcome to our Black Hawk family. Welcome to everyone who's visiting right now. Regardless if you're watching on our YouTube channel or on Facebook Live or on our webpage, we're glad that you are joining us from wherever it is that you are quarantined and social distancing right now. You might notice that uh, I, am, I am wearing sweats right now as I stand up here. I did that today just because I wanted to fit in with your family and whatever you've got going right now. Because my guess is for the most of us, you're in sweats or in p. Pee- DJs doing something like that, and it is a different type of an Easter. I mean, think about it. If I had told you, two months ago, that for Easter, that all of us would be social distancing from one another in our homes with our roommates or our family, or maybe by ourselves, watching Easter on a screen, you would have said to me, first off, what in the world is social distancing? And then second, you would have told me that I was out of my mind and potentially smoking something. So, because none of us saw this coming. I mean, this is like, we could say this is a completely Unexpected Easter. It's different from the Easters that we've had in the past. I mean, think about it. None of us, I'm guessing, are getting together today with extended family and friends for a large meal that we're doing all together. I mean, maybe you've created something on Zoom, but we're not getting together in person. Nobody's going out to their favorite restaurant for a brunch buffet today. There aren't people who most likely are like rocking a new Easter outfit and getting all dressed up for church today, although. Some of you might be. And if you are, I'd love to see a picture of that. There are no like major neighborhood Easter egg hunts that are taking place. Although um, we actually, for our family, are doing an Easter egg hunt for our our two daughters. Um, Our daughters are 18 and 20. So they're a little beyond the age, but we just felt like, all right, everybody needs some fun right now. So later on today, we're going to be doing that for them. So we actually, though we uh, we filled all the eggs with uh, Clorox wipes and Purell, though just to play it safe. You cannot be too safe today, and those things are like gold. Let's be honest. So, but all of us are just dealing with an unexpected Easter. This is supposed to be a time for all of us where like when we think of the world right now, we think of springtime when Easter's coming around. Things are starting to bloom again. For us in Wisconsin, hopefully winter is mostly over. The worst is behind us and the best is yet to come. And we begin to see signs of life happening again. This is the time of pastel colors and Cadbury eggs and Peeps and bunnies and all of those great things that we celebrate at this time. On top of that though, for those of us who are Christians, like this is the Sunday, Easter, Resurrection Sunday. This is the pinnacle of our year. Like this is the day for us. It is a day where we remember the, the resurrection of Jesus. It's the, of, it's the day of celebration and hope and joy. I mean, these are the things that fill our lives when we think of today. But if we're honest right now, well, in the midst of the season we're in, things feel a little different. I don't know about you, but I feel like just constantly in my life, there's just sort of this cloud that kind of follows me everywhere and there are these underlying emotions that I I feel in this moment. Uh, Things like, uh, um, well, fear and anxiety, um, you know, grief and and sadness, loneliness, separation, um, confusion, a, a lack of clarity for the future. Happy Easter. (laughs) Here's the thing, though. When we really stop to think about it and stop to think about the original story of the very first Easter, maybe these emotions that we're feeling in this time, maybe these are a little more accurate to the feelings that the followers of Jesus actually had on that very first Easter morning. That's what I'd like to look at together today. So if you have your Bibles, whether it be on your smartphone or paper Bible, why don't you open them right now and let's go to Mark chapter 16. Mark chapter 16 is where we are going to head. Now, we have been in a series, for those of you that haven't been around Blackhawk, this is the last week of a series that we have been in since the beginning of the school year, where we have been slowly, methodically, going through the book of Mark together and taking a look at the life of Jesus. The first half of the, year, of the semester was called An Unexpected Kingdom, and then since January, we have been a series in the book of Mark called An Unexpected King. That's why the title of this message, An Unexpected Easter just fits so well into where we are headed today. That's where we are going. Now, just to give you a heads up, next week we're starting a new series. Based upon the season of life that we are in and everything going on in our society, we figured that we would do a new series for six weeks that we have titled, Take Heart. Take a listen to this right now.
1: The virus is invisible, but you've seen it. The world has quite literally made us stop in anticipation as it looms closer with each passing day. The supply shortages left us chuckling to ourselves and maybe slightly frustrated by the inconvenience. Yet as we are forced to reorder our lives, we're all wondering how long. We feel on the edge of our seats and out of control. But in the chaos, in the confusion, Wouldn't we want to be near a God who was in control? God is not absent. He is not far. He is not surprised. The Bible says God is sovereign over creation. Nothing surprises Him. He declares the end from the beginning. He is our present help, wise counsel, comforter, healer. He is love. He is peace. He is friend. He is father. The Bible says he is a father who sent his only son to pay my debt to God, paying the ultimate price for sin on the cross. And Jesus conquered death forever by rising from the grave, so that now all who take hold of him in faith are heirs of his life. God's people look forward to a day where there is no more fear, pain, tears, sickness. One where King Jesus ushers in his glorious future for creation. We can walk in confidence today because God hasn't changed. His plans haven't been overturned. Jesus says, in the world you will find trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world.
0: we think that this is going to be a fantastic series for you to join us in over the next six weeks. And so if you're interested in that, come back here to blackhawkchurch.org and we look forward to going through this with you over the weeks to come. But back to the series where we are headed today in Mark chapter 16 as we finish up this series. Now, last week, Pastor Chris talked about the, the crucifixion of Jesus and the death of Jesus that, that took place. And, and, and now since that time, Jesus' body has been taken down from the cross and given to a man named Joseph of Arimathea who has taken him and placed him in a tomb, rolled a stone in front of that tomb. And Jesus now is dead. That's where we pick up the story. Now with three different women who now really in many ways God uses as center point characters for the resurrection of his son. Let's go to Mark chapter 16 verse one and pick up the story there. When, when Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James, and Salome bought spices so that they might go and anoint the body of Jesus. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb, and they asked each other, who will roll the stone away from the entrance to the tomb? Okay, here are, are three different women Followers of Jesus who are on their way to the tomb this particular morning with spices in order to properly dress the body of Jesus. You could say these women were actually the original Spice Girls. Thank you very much. You know, I just need to say from the beginning, anytime that I am telling jokes and telling them to a completely empty room, it just feels a little awkward. But if you are not laughing right now, you should be. There you go. And so these women, they are on their way to the tomb where Jesus has been buried. What do you think is going through their mind? You see, we get the idea that they're not headed there expecting to find a risen Jesus. And the reason why we know that is because, well, they have everything they need in order to properly embalm a dead body. So what do you think potentially is going through their mind right now, early on this particular morning? What are the emotions they're feeling? Fear, sorrow, grief, sadness, (laughs) loneliness and separation, you know, uncertainty as to where things are headed in the future, does it sound kind of familiar? And so they're on their way to this particular tomb and the thing that we realize is that for these women and, and the followers of Jesus, They were convinced that Jesus was the coming king, the savior and Messiah who they had been waiting for. But the idea that they had of a coming king was one who would come and literally lead the people of Israel out from underneath the tyranny and the oppression of the Roman Empire back to a place of being once again on top as the superpower of the world. And they believed that Jesus was the one who was going to do this. And so far through the book of Mark, they were pretty convinced that he was the one. I mean, Jesus, time and time again, as we went through this series, has come face to face with demons and taken them down. He has been kicking demon butt. You know, he, has, he has healed all kinds of people who were sick. There are weather patterns that have changed just at the command from his voice. You know, he's created two all-you-can-eat seafood buffets for thousands of people. I mean, the things that Jesus were doing were just off the chart. They were convinced this was the coming king, and now he's dead, and they're on their way to embalm his body. You see, my guess is, their feelings and emotions were all over the map right now because their hopes for who Jesus was had crumbled at this moment. You see, because their plans for Jesus actually were different than God's plans for Jesus. Their hopes were actually in their plans more so than in God and who he was and the plans that God had. You know what's something I think that for all of us, we've realized so far in this coronavirus season that we are going through, it's caused us to realize that we all place our hopes in all kinds of plans that we have that can very easily crumble. I mean, think of where we were just a few months ago, like at Christmas time. Back at Christmas time, like if you think about it, um, uh, you know, most of us had jobs that felt pretty secure. You know, our, our our health was doing well. We weren't worried at that time about a, a global pandemic. You know, small businesses were, were doing quite well at that time. My guess is your 401k was looking good. The The healthcare system felt uh, solid and, and robust. You know, we, um, you maybe had different events that you were looking forward to for this spring. Maybe somebody, a friend of yours was going to um, be getting married. Maybe it was you who were going to have a wedding and be getting married. All of that's changed. You know, there were there were events that we were looking forward to. There were trips that we were going on. There were vacations that we had planned. There were shows that we had purchased tickets to. There were sporting events coming up that we couldn't wait to be a part of. There were all of these different things that, that we were looking forward to. And doing that with friends as we gathered together with on a regular basis and then all of a sudden COVID-19 hit. And all of those, all of our plans that we had, they just seemed to crumble away. And we realized for us how many of us we placed our hopes in those things that were to come for our satisfaction and for our joy in life. It's just like what these women were doing in this moment. Now here's the thing, any time that we have a chance to be able to read a story like this in scripture, the thing that we have the opportunity to be able to do is we're able to look forward and see the way that things work out. We're able to kind of pull up and look at it from a distance, and in it, we're able to see the way that God is working through the entire story. Because, okay, spoiler alert, in just a couple verses, Jesus rises from the grave. You know, like, (laughs) the story's going to a good place. These women, they just can't see it at the moment. And so in the midst of this time where things feel so hopeless, it's as if they forget that they serve a God who's really big, whose love for them is really great, who promises that he is always working. See, that's what we're able to see in the story, that God was working even though they couldn't see it. God was working for their good, and for his glory. See, that's the character of God. And if if that's the character of God back at that time, the character of God does not change. That means that in the times of life where everything begins to fall apart, just like our plans that have crumbled, in the midst of our plans crumbling, we can easily say things like, what the heck? This is not the way things were supposed to go. This was not my plan. I don't understand how this happened. How could God allow something like this to take place? Does God even care? Does God even really exist? You see, it's in those moments where we ask questions like that, it's like we forget about the character of a God who loves us more than we can understand. who promises that he is always working. He is always working for our good and for his glory, even when we can't see it. (laughs) <laughs> reminds me of a song that we were singing just a few minutes ago. A song that on 102.5 you all were listening to right before this message began. A song that calls God the way maker, the miracle worker, promise keeper. That he's a light in the darkness. And there's a bridge that takes place in that song that says these words Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. See, for some of us right now, maybe we need to grab that song off of Spotify and just put it on repeat. To remember that in the midst of a world where it feels like everything is crumbling, we can place our hope in a God that promises that in all circumstances, he is working. He is working for our good and his glory. For he is bigger than we can wrap our minds around. He loves us more than we can fathom, and he promises that he is always working. That is what was true for these women as they were on their way to the tomb. Well, let's continue with the story. Verse 4. But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. And as they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus the Nazarene who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. Okay, so these women, they walk into the tomb and they come face to face with an angel. Now let me ask you a question. How would you respond if you came face to face with an angel? We can easily vacation Bible school a moment like that and just think of it as like, oh yes, and they were alarmed. No, no, no. I'm guessing they were freaking out in that moment. And then this angel goes on to say three words that for us who are Christians like we hang our hat on these three words. He has risen. Like that is foundational bedrock for those of us who call ourselves Christ followers. You see, for those of us who are Christians, we place our faith in the son of God who came to this world and who rose from the dead. Rose from the dead, not metaphorically, but in real life, rose from the dead. And that's what we place our faith in. That is the essence of the gospel message. You know, it's interesting to think about the gospel message really within the context of everything we're dealing with right now with COVID-19 and social distancing that we're doing. Because I don't know about you, but social distancing, we've been doing it long enough now, it's starting just to feel like natural instinct. I was having a conversation with people earlier today who were saying the same thing. I just feel like social distancing is becoming natural to me. I felt it the other day when I was out for a run in my neighborhood. And there are all kinds of people out now, you might notice that, who are out for walks, walking their dogs. And as I was running, man, I felt like I just continued to have to cross the street on either side in order to social distance from people. I felt like I was playing like the old school game Frogger, you know, you know going back and forth, trying to make sure that I didn't get too close to anyone. You know where else I've noticed it? I've been, um, I've been watching some of the Milwaukee Bucks season games from, from earlier this season, because it's always just great to watch Giannis play. And, uh, and as I've watched them and I watch him play in front of these packed arenas, like, it just makes me so uncomfortable. Like, as i I'm just sitting all of these people, like watching all of these people sitting close together. I'm just thinking that is so scary. You know, and and like, and then like at good plays where they stand up and like they'll high five each other, and they won't use any Purell afterwards. I re- I'm thinking, do you realize how dangerous that is? You see, like this social distancing, it started as a suggestion, it then became a mandate, that now has just become natural instinct to where we move away from each other, and all because of a virus that we potentially might have that. Well, we don't have a cure for. See, the message of the gospel tells us that all of us, each and every person who has ever walked on the planet has a virus that we can't cure ourselves. That virus is called sin. And every single one of us has fallen into it. So scripture says that for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And the thing is, is what sin does because of God's glory, because of God's purity, because of God's perfection, is it causes us to have to move away from God. We cannot be in right relationship with God because God's perfect and pure. He cannot have anything to do with the virus that we don't have a cure for. We can't solve ourselves. And so God socially distances from us in those moments. We socially distance from him and can't get close to him. But the thing is, is that God loves us to such a great level. And so God solved the problem by sending his son, Jesus, into this world because of his love for us. He sent his son into this virus-filled, sin-soaked world. He didn't wait for us to try to clean ourselves up in order to come to him. Nope, he sent his son down into this world. We naturally move away. God is the one who moves towards. And this is what we read in Romans Chapter five, verses eight, it says, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God sent Jesus into this world to obliterate social distancing by absorbing into himself all of our sin, all of our virus, all of our sickness, taking it on from every person who has ever walked on the planet. You see, and so as Jesus hung on the cross, the sin of every single human being was laid upon him and the wrath of his father was poured out onto his son, Jesus, to pay the penalty for all of our sin so that we could be in right relationship with God once again. All of that virus took Jesus and killed him. And then three days later, he rose again That's what we celebrate here at Easter. Rose again, triumphant over the grave, triumphant over sin, triumphant over death, opening the door for us to be in right relationship with God once again, opening the door to where there would never be social distancing, opening the door to where we can feel an embrace from a father who loves us more than we can understand or imagine. And we experience that because of the death and resurrection of Jesus. That's what we celebrate at Easter. He has risen. Somebody better be saying amen right now on some screen it's the greatest message that we could ever hear in our lives and that is a gift that is offered to every single one of us the angel wanted these women to be able to understand what was taking place in this moment and the fact that jesus had risen so the angel continues sorry i'm a little excited (laughs) verse seven but go Tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. Okay, this is amazing news. I picture that for the the women, the light bulbs are going off. The puzzle pieces are fitting together. All of a sudden, it's all making sense and they're ready to go out and tell the disciples. Or not. Let's keep reading. Verse eight. Trembling and bewildered, the women went out, and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. (laughs) Okay, what? Really? Like, that's what takes place? That moment, I don't know, it kind of feels like a... You know, like, that's not what we expected. That's a rather unexpected ending. And here's the thing, right after that, my guess is if you're reading in in U version um, through the app or if you're reading in your paper Bible, most likely there is a little note that happens after this that says that for the remainder of this chapter, verses nine through 20, which is the rest of the book of Mark, the earliest manuscripts of Mark actually don't have that section. You see, most theologians believe that verse eight here is where Mark stopped writing. He finished his letter. Now, most likely one of his scribes later on came back, read the end of that letter and went, I think it needs a little more and added a little bit more before it became scripture. But as far as the part that Mark wrote, most theologians believe it stopped with verse eight. Therefore, that's where we are stopping today. (laughs) Isn't that crazy? I mean, according to the way that Mark wrote this, like these women, well, they, they kind of blow it. And, and, and here's the thing. When, when, when we read this in, in comparison to, to the book of Matthew and, and the book of Luke and the book of John, the other gospels, all of them have a little better endings than this. And we do get the picture that these women, they eventually do go and tell the disciples about Jesus has risen. But in this moment, that hasn't taken place. So here's my question. like, What do we learn from a book that ends like this with these women kind of blowing it. You see, actually, it kind of gives me some encouragement because like, well, anyone listening right now ever blown it? Like anyone ever made a mistake that you wish you could go back and do again? Anyone ever done something that you were ashamed of? And the thing is, is the people blowing it, it's not just these women. If we go to verse seven, this gets really interesting. Back to verse seven, it says this, but go and tell his disciples, the angel says this, go and tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. You ever wonder like, okay, why was Peter singled out? Why him and not the other disciples? Well, if you want to later on, you can go back and read in chapter 14 of the book of Mark, where right as Jesus and his disciples were on their way on to the Mount of Olives the night that Jesus was going to be arrested, Jesus and Peter are having a conversation. And in that conversation, Jesus predicts that Peter is going to deny him three times that night. See, Peter was kind of the ringleader of the disciples. He was the one that they all followed. And uh, he also was incredibly close with Jesus. And Jesus telling him that he was going to deny him three times, that kind of hacked off Peter. Peter says that, that will never happen in the different gospels. In fact, he, he said, I, I will go to my death with you. But by the end of that night, Peter denied Jesus. He had blown it. Three times. See, how do you think that Peter was feeling on that Easter morning? When when the women finally did come to the place of coming and telling the disciples, he is risen, what do you think were the things that Peter was telling himself in that moment? You see, my guess is it could have been, I've blown it too big. (laughs) I screwed up too much. God doesn't want anything to do with me. Jesus is calling the disciples. He's not calling me. He most likely doesn't want anything to do with me at all. And he is writing the end of his story based upon his own guilt and shame. You see, I think what Mark was pointing out by mentioning what the angel said and really in making sure that Peter knew that he was singled out in this moment, God wanted to make sure that Peter was writing the end of his story not based upon his own shame and guilt, but rather based upon what Jesus had done He wanted Jesus to be the one to write the end of Peter's story rather than about guilt or shame, a story that was written on Easter based upon grace and forgiveness and mercy and love that was offered to all of us and life transformation and empowerment that came from God because God had all kinds of plans of how he was going to use Peter. See, in that moment, Peter could have written himself out of the story. (laughs) God wanted to make sure that because of Jesus, Jesus was writing Peter right into that story. Peter was signaled out, singled out in that moment for that reason. And see, I think that for many of us here, that should give us great hope. Because for, for many of us, we could be in the place where we think, I've blown it too big. I've sinned too much. I mean, this whole relationship with Jesus thing, Jesus died for people's sins, I get that's for other people, but not me. I've, I've messed up too often. I've sinned too much. I've blown it and gone too far. I've made the BB Jesus cry a little too often, and we write ourselves out of the story of God. You see, the story of Easter is that there is no one who can outsin the grace and mercy and forgiveness that Jesus offers through his death and resurrection. And so, you know, I mean, we think about things and our failures, our failures cause us to write ourselves out of the story of God. At Easter, Jesus writes us back in to the story of God. Maybe for some of you today, that's the message you need to hear. Maybe for the first time you're going, I get it. I can't save myself. I have a virus that has caused me to move away from God. And you've realized that God desires to move towards you by sending his son Jesus to pay for your sin, singling you out, that you would be one who receives the grace and mercy and forgiveness of Jesus today. And if you're a person who would like to accept Jesus as your savior today, I'd love to take a minute right now just to lead you in that moment. There's nothing magical that takes place with the words that you say or anything, but sometimes I think it's worth it for you to mark a moment just by being able to pray and just simply tell Jesus what it is that you're feeling right now. It's just simply in the quietness of your own heart, regardless if you're listening on the radio and driving somewhere, or if you're watching at home by yourself, watching with some roommates or watching with your family, of just simply saying, God, I know I'm a sinner. I know that I have blown it that I have a virus that I cannot cure myself. I can't save myself. God, thank you for moving towards me. Thank you for the love that you have for me, sending your son, Jesus. And today I place my faith in him, his death so that I might have life, his payment for my sins, that I might have eternal life with you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your gift that you offer me freely today. Come into my life, I give you control. In Jesus' name, amen. (laughs) Let me tell you this, if you just prayed that prayer, scripture tells us that there are angels who are celebrating in heaven right now and guarantee they are not social distancing. And here's the thing, we would love to celebrate with you too. Like we'd love to be able to know what's taken place in your life. And so if you would be willing to do this, it's another way just to be able to mark the moment. One is it would be great if you reached out to someone you knew who's a believer who would love to know that you made this decision and just simply tell them. The other thing I'd love for you to do is to let us know at Blackhawk Church. We would love to be a place who is praying for you. And so if you just simply right now pull out your phone and text the word alive to 608-608, 618-4003. That's just texting the word alive to 608 It's a way for us to be able to know that God's done something big in your life, even though we don't know who you are, and we promise that we'll be praying for you as a church. Now, the other thing too, you're gonna get information back once you send that text, and it's an optional form that you can fill out that helps us to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus. We'd love to help you take some steps We'd love to help you get connected into our church. We'd love to help you find true community. And if you're interested, you can fill that out and we'll be in touch with you. But that's a choice that you can make. But regardless, let us know you made this decision today so we can celebrate with you and we can be praying for you because this is the greatest decision that you could ever make because it signifies a God who's willing to move towards us. bigger than we can wrap our minds around who loves us more than we can fathom. He moved towards us because he is always working. In whatever situation you are in right now, he is working. Whatever struggle you find yourselves in, he is working. It is a guarantee he is with us and working even when we don't see him. That's the beauty of the God we love and serve, and that's the reason why we celebrate a day like Easter where he sent his son to die and rise again from the grave. Happy Easter, let me pray. Lord God, thank you so much for the gift of your son, Jesus. Thank you for the fact that you are the one who moved towards us. We don't deserve it, but it's true. We ask today that you would continue to just drive that into our minds. You are the king of the universe. You paid the price for all of sin and rose triumphantly from the grave. We thank you so much for the difference that makes in our lives. We thank you for every person today who accepted you for the first time. We ask, Father, that you would help them to take the next steps in their growth with you, their understanding of you through the church and through community. God, we're grateful for the work that you have done. We ask that you continue to be the one to lead us and and guide us in the midst of these days that we would be people who follow you well. Thank you, Father. We love you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. And all God's people said together, amen.